guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, wherever you're getting a good book, we're talking about it. Now today we're back with Crescent City 2, part 3. Finally. Finally. (laughs) I think this is the first time we've done a part 3. It's not. Oh. We did a part part 3 with Heartless Guy because it was also so many things happened and it never ended. (laughs) true and we talk a lot (laughs) oh we talk a lot yeah well there's that well you guys know me i'm caitlin joined by my fabulous co-hosts bridget and hilda hi hi gosh it just feels like we i'm just so excited to like finish talking about this book because there's just we've talked about it i feel like in our heads for so long we've talked about it through two whole episodes and we were just reviewing the notes i'm like man we got a lot more to go over because so like, much say shit it with happens. Me. <laughs> so much shit happens. So I much. Feel like ha- we wait, wait, hold on. It's so much happens in this book. Yeah. So much say. happens in this book, and I feel like a broken record player. But every single time I open up these notes, I'm like, let me just skim over this five minutes before the recording to refresh. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to take me ten plus minutes to just read to skim to skim. There's no skimming. Oh hell no. Because we want to make sure you guys have every last detail so when CC3 comes out next year, you've got these little recordings to catch your little happy ass up. And knowing Hilda, she will probably still reread the book. So Probably. You know, you just send in those DMs and you got yourself a buddy read. Maybe. Speaking of buddy reads, uh, wanted to quickly shout out some friends. So Lauren E. is desperate for us to cover Fourth Ring, which – Lorne, get ready, girl. We're recording that one next. Full and disclosure, we cannot pronounce any of the names. Oh, God. Help but, us. like, does that surprise you? No, but this is even worse. I don't. This one's tough. I sat there and tried, like, literally tried to sound out each thing, and I'm like, I'm not getting it. Well, I, I just skipped it entirely. I think I texted you guys. I was like, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, what the fuck is it? Yeah, it was. Even the college, I'm like, bag skirts? <laughs> bags graph i don't i don't know so we'll get into that i'm really sorry lauren and all of you fourth wing lovers uh <laughs> i mean sorry you know us by now we're, we're gonna i'm do almost tempted to like look up her pronunciation video and start practicing it now it doesn't help because you know what it's we saw a tiktoker that said it's scottish gaelic mm-hmm. and like one i can't first of all i didn't even know scottish gaelic was a thing i thought gaelic was just irish so learn something yeah, new scottish version but then I was like, Learn once, Mountlander. once you said Gaelic, I was like, uh-uh, I can't. There's there's a certain, like, I guess, like, diphthong sound or something that I just, my mouth does not do. Well, if you've seen those TikToks <laughs> where they're saying, like, can you pronounce this name? And it's, like, Quifa. And it starts with a, it doesn't start with a Q. It starts with, like, an A, A-I-O-F-E or something like that. You're like, what? Those words don't even make those sounds, those letters. Caitlin, what's, sorry. Up with, what's up with your people? So, my Irish people. I'm so sorry. I should know this better. I do not. I thought if anyone was going to be able to like nail it, it might have been you. I recently heard a pronunciation of the dra- uh, Zayden's dragon. And it Scale. Is- <laughs> I was calling head. it Sagel, <laughs> which I feel like sounds better, but it's not. It's like Sagale. And I was like, ugh. I don't like I that. I, like, I kind of assume that. I was like, Gale, but then with an S in front of it. Sagale. Yeah. Scale. I was like, Sagel. That sounds nice for a blue lady dragon. <laughs> scary lady dragon well of course why didn't you just call her sigil if her name was gonna be sigil yeah i 
Who knows? Anyway, so sorry. <laughs> Lauren, we are very excited to talk about Fourth Wing. We all just finished it and we're excited to get into that. Also want to give a shout out to Candace N. She really wants us to read Serpent of Wings and Night, which we are also reading over the summer. So if you're wondering what we got coming up next, um, we are doing finishing up this one. Then we are hitting Fourth Wing. Beyond the Veil, which is the bridge book between in the Zodiac Academy series between books eight and nine. Nine does not have a release date, but I feel like they're teasing it to come out. I mean, they usually do like a December release, so because they want to ruin the holidays. Uh, no, they're not going to ruin the holidays this time. There's no way. There's no way. They, they I'm sorry. Not ruin anything? Are you not going to mourn the end of a series? No, I think at this point I just needed to end. I mean, I just wanted to end so we can move on my fucking life, but I will also be sad because it is the end. You know what? There's a sense of grieving these friends, but also I've had a lot of books with you, so. Look, girl, I've already grieved Ryan is always going to live in my heart. You know what, Hilda? We know. I would not be surprised if you had a tattoo of that man's name on your body. Bridget. Shh. (laughs) certain things i tell you in secret oh spoiler uh yeah so we'll do we're gonna do uh za book eight and a half um coming up next that comes out at the end of june um throwing in some akatar unhinged theories because now we can talk about the whole sjm universe because now we know they end up in valaris which like whoa whoa uh, you know we're gonna get into that in a little, a little bit of this and then of course we get into the Serpent of Wings and Night series. So we'll be covering that over the summer as well. Now, do we have the whole schedule for the rest of the year booked? Yes. Do we change it pretty much every week anytime we see a new book coming out yep. that people are talking about? Yep. We sure do. Uh, so if you guys are thinking you have a great book, you want us to know about it, please slide into our DMs. We do take everything you guys say into consideration. We write it down. We see where we can slot it in. So, you know, keep giving us your recommendations. Also wanted to give a quick PSA and ask for some reviews. If you guys have liked us, I think we have a lot of new listeners coming in from the Akatar series or the times we covered that and Crescent City. So if you guys are new to the pod, you like what you've heard, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It means the world to us. It helps us rank higher so we can find more book lovers that love to talk about this and help us help us find our people. You know, we found our people, but we want to find more people that are like us. You know what I mean? And also, my Leo moon needs the validation. Couldn't even tell you what moon I am. I haven't gotten any validation in the past month. So please do this for Hilda. Uh, Also, a reminder, we still put questions up for all of you non-Apple users on Spotify. So you guys can always interact with us there. That is, there's a healthy bunch of you there too. So we try to put those things up there. We saw everyone's Daniga, Danica, you know, we've covered that one already. Also, before we get into everything that happened in this book, just wanted to say we celebrated our 50th episode, which like, holy crap, 50 episodes of this already of the fabulous Book Talk Made Me podcast, uh, which is kind of crazy when you actually stop and reflect on that. I still feel like it was the other day. I was trying to Google how to edit a podcast. <laughs> we're like, please give us step-by-step instructions because we figured it out and now we're here. I know. With a I ha- lot of revisions. <laughs> a lot of reverse, reverse. Uh, yeah. So we actually did a giveaway on our 50th episode. It'll probably be closed by the time you guys listen to this, but you can head over to Instagram at booktalkmaybe underscore pod. Check out who won. We always like to try to give as much as we can, fun little things away. I think before this, it was stickers. We did a giveaway. 
and I'm, I'm so sorry I forgot your name, but you got a shirt, you got stickers, you got a mug, you got some good swag. So always check us out on Instagram to see what we've got going away because we want to honor our fans and our loyal fans that take the time to listen to us. So thanks, guys. And I think that concludes all our order of businesses. <laughs> so we can finally get it. Oh, no, Hilda has something. No, I think that was it. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything. Oh, I know there was something. So if you did not catch the previous episode, or maybe the episode before that, but we recently celebrated Hilda's birthday, and she got her last birthday present from the pod. (laughs) Yes. And I just wanted to tell you guys – well, I want her to tell you guys what it is because I think it will make a lot of our Zodiac Academy and Ruthless Boys fans happy. So, Hilda – what did you get as the final and best gift? As the crown jewel of my birthday bundle this year, I got a little green snake wearing a cowboy hat that is purple. And his name is? His name is Ryder. And <laughs> this was Bridget's subliminal way of telling me that I am a snakelet. And I told her, of course, Bridget, I'm going to be a snakelet. <laughs> and I ranked all four men. From Ruthless Boys in order, Gabriel, Leon, Dante, Ryder. So obviously Ryder makes the list. Because there's Um, four of them and you said I'm going to rank them out of four. (laughs) She just doesn't want to like love Ryder as much as the rest of us do. But listen, little snake Ryder, and you guys know how I feel about reptiles. Wearing a cowboy hat does warm my heart. And he's on the back of her Kindle. So this is some commitment. She didn't just... Yeah, she, she didn't just take there. the sticker and like hide it somewhere. She slapped no. it on her Kindle, so she's slowly coming around. So, and so if you were the lovely reviewer who said, I love your Zodiac Academy, but Hilda's thoughts on Ryder are ruining it for me. Like, we got you, girl. We got you. Don't worry. I've been a convert. Oh, I did want to – this is what I wanted to mention earlier. I feel like we have some fan competition going on. So as you guys know, I love nothing more than looking at the analytics – uh, for the show because again leo moon needs validation and for the longest time our first zodiac academy episode was the most downloaded episode but now our akatar episode is well we knew that Ooh. was going to happen so so but it, they're not off by much so like who do you love more book talk made me peeps Akatar or zodiac that's a trick Let question because i feel like everyone started off with Akatar and then they were searching for more. It was our gateway drug in. Yeah. You know? And then they landed on Zodiac Academy. And some people I... hate it. Some people love it. And if you loved it, you are obviously our friends. I'm just saying. Or if you're somewhere in between it now, we're like nine books in. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about the end of the series. We're talking about like initial like, oh like my God, I'm obsessed. Six. The first yeah. six. Because you know I still the cry torture. over four and five. Yeah, because seven just killed us. Anyway. Sure did. <clears throat> Much like uh, Crescent City won the ending. <laughs> all of us boohooing all right so we talked uh, order of businesses are now there we all know now that writers number four on hilda's very short list of top four out of the four (laughs) out of the ruthless boys he's number four (laughs) on my ruthless boys list and she's got a little snakelet and so you know we're doing what we can but without further ado let's get into what happened Mm, sorry before i just was like let's get into it but just a reminder this is part three of crescent city two if you have not heard one and two, just backtrack on over there to catch up to – you're not getting kind of thrown into it because we go over the world building and all of that over in the first episode of Crescent City. So if you find yourself super lost, I think within the first 30 minutes of Crescent City 
one, episode one, we cover all of that. So just a quick disclaimer, and we're off to the show. Bridget, take it away. And we're off. So the last time we left off in episode two of Crescent City, part two, book two, part two. Yeah, that's confusing. So So confusing. (laughs) (laughs) We also recorded it in separate parts. So it was like take two. Take two. Part two. (laughs) Book two, part two, take two. Whatever (laughs) episode was before this one on Amazon can not kindle amazon spotify or apples where we listen to so we just left off bryce we left off on a good mark like a good o bryce and hunt were hooking up <laughs> in the they had an o like a big o anyhow so they did the things between the sheets of the books not in the bed and we get pushed into the next scene which is knight and rune are contacting each other through their little mind bridge that they have and so we find out that pippa who we know is the rebels the crazy rebel leader yeah crazy crazy rebel leader the crazy psycho person um she's planning something huge in retaliation to losing so much of her ammo and being blown up in that attack that they had before they went into the submarine and so she's pissed and now the rebellion the ophian rebels the rebels their official title those people they're all like yep we're fully supporting her because now it's getting out of control and she's making sense even though she's not like who wants to support this crazy bitch so we find out that she was last seen at urda but crescent city should be on high alert so this was the warning to rune and rune was like okay great so you gave me all the information are we back to being professionals she gets pissed and it sets her off and she starts accusing him about how he knows nothing about the cost of sacrifice and he starts she starts going in with it at him and he starts getting hurt because like he's been forming this relationship with her over the past couple of weeks or months. And he thought he had some type of like friendship, even though he likes her like some sort of friendship. And for someone to tell you that who you think is your friend, that sucks. So suck. he gets upset and he hightails his ass out of there, which is just like, poof, I'm out. You can't talk to me anymore. Um, So he goes on his merry way. And obviously she starts feeling bad, but she's still that was like a bitch move. We still have no clue who she is. By the way, um, we just know her as Dame. We do. I mean, we do know who she is. I mean, not officially, but we've all figured it out. We've Sherlock Holmes it. I was a very slow Sherlock Holmes and I did not figure it out yet. No? Who did you think it was? At first, I thought I was like, I think the three people I thought I were were either Hypaxia, the um, Archangel, or Pippa, not Pippa, or um, the Hind. What's the Archangel's name again? <laughs> Celestina. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I feel like I zeroed in pretty quickly that I thought it was the hind, but I did have thoughts between I'm like, is it Celestina? And that's why she's so she seems so sympathetic sympathetic to hunt. Yeah, she and it was like she was giving me weird vibes and I couldn't figure it out if I liked her or not. And I thought she was up to something shady. So then it was matching. I was like, okay, this person's pretending to be day and she's actually a rebel. And I couldn't figure her out. So once I found out that her and Hypaxia were caught canoodling, I was like, oh, okay, I could, they're out. They're out. They're off the list. And then I was like, oh, option number three. Anyhow, so the next day after that happens, the Autumn King shows up at Bryce's office and he basically tells her that she 
since she's been using her title of princess to get Juniper her spot in a dance company and to meet with the governor, she's officially a princess. He was able to file the paperwork and now her last name is Dannon and he is her king. So he rules over her and he's commanding. She continues on with her engagement, even though she's made it to hunt. Boy, oh boy, is she pissed. Fuck and that guy. hurt. And she spent her entire life trying to not, and everything her mom gave up to escape this fate. And, and she then just walked right back into it. One phone call has her thrown out her name and she fucked it. I know. I felt really bad because I know how important it was her to maintain her last name, her identity away from him and be out of underneath his t- thumb. So that was real fucked up. For some and- reason, it really, I mean, it makes obvious sense, but we always hear the Autumn King as the Autumn King. We always hear Rune as Rune Dannon. So to find out the Autumn, like just to put the pieces together that the Autumn King's last name is Dannon. I was like, what? This is his man's name? It's like when we find out what his real name was, I think for the first time in this book, I was like, that's his name? I think yeah. I highlighted it. I was like, who the hell is this? Who it's is this a- man? Right? Aner? Aner? I-N-A-R? V-A-N-I-R? E. E as in elephant. Oh. So like, that's veneer, Hilda. <laughs> we cover that one. <laughs> Not your teeth. <laughs> I think on the Crescent City wiki, I think that's what his name is. Yeah, either way, it's just for some reason it, I didn't didn't make the connection. Also, you know what blows my mind is that the Fae, we come to find out with Hunt and Bryce's combo about what mates mean to the Fae people and how it's a bond that's more than just like, we're married, I do. It's heart, mind, soul connection mm-hmm. for him to sit there and say, yeah, you're mated and I know that. But you're still going to be engaged to Cormac. I was like, what the hell? You would think that a mate would surpass that. That's a level up that should not be able to be interfered with by the king. I wonder if it's so rare for them in their world. It seems more popular in the Valaris universe. Oh, well, no. Even in Valaris, they say that's super uncommon. But somehow every single time you turned around, another Archeron sister was mated. The cauldron. Be matchmaking every day. But Mm -hmm. to me, it maybe just seemed like he's... Or he just doesn't care because he's never had that intense kind of love. So he's like, ah, whatever. No, he's just an asshole. That's what he is. He's just a power-hungry dickhead. There's that. There's that. Okay, carry on. Big tangent for Dannon. So Bryce is super upset and her best friend is still upset with her because she got her that position at the dance company. So she goes to her dance class and everyone's kind of gossiping about her and she still feels so hurt. She's like, fuck this. I'm out. And she calls her future sister-in-law, Queen Hypaxia, to meet for lunch because she thinks I need to talk to someone and she's the only person that's closest to me that might be able to relate because she also has issues with her position. So they almost have some really cute girl talk. I don't really know if it's girl talk, but it's the closest thing they can get to girl talk because it's like royalty talk. It's royalty talk and like badass talk because they're badass women and they're not just chit chatting about like immature things. So we find out also that Queen Hypaxia is in love with someone and she had to accept the engagement to Rune. Amelia felt bad. But also I was like, damn, Rune, I really like him and I want him to be happy. But I know he's having some sort of thing with Day. So then I was like, oh, my God, I really hope Day turns out to be Hypaxia and they could all live happily ever after. That was wrong. (laughs) And we find out that the queen was raised away from the coven of witches and she was taught by three dead tutors and they predated Asteri. So they predate everything that we know about crescent city and what the histories tell us so they know the truth about everything so she knows the truth about everything and she even knows the truth about the second light and we find out that 
we find out more about her sister and what it was like growing up with her, which she wasn't around at all because the hind, when the baby was born, they made a deal with Lydia's father that whoever's power she took after would live with that parent. So the hind ended up manifesting powers of being a shifter. She's a deer shifter. A deer shifter. I want to say hound because hind, and I know that's not correct. And so at three, she went to go live with the rest of the shifters of her father's family. So they didn't grow up together at all. And then they go to lunch afterwards. Keep in mind that um, Hypaxia has her guard there, who is our lovable Ethan. And the dragon is supposed to be our lovable pup, Ethan. And so they go out for a walk and then two demons attack them. And the demons are called death stalkers. And I was so pissed in this moment because I thought he was going to die and I was livid on his behalf. So Ethan's throat is ripped out. And meanwhile, Bryce is watching everything happen. And she goes into shock. Like she can't pull herself out of it because she's like, this is happening all over again. It's like what happened with Bryce and not with Bryce, with Danica, Danica and Connor. And she could not get herself out of the trance. And Hypaxia is like, girl, you need to get up and we need to like fight for our lives yeah. here. Like, look alive, girl. We got an active situation here. I need you to like be with us. Yeah. Wake up, basically. So she yeah. like knocks her around and is like, wake up. So Hypaxia gives her a power boost by shooting her power into her. And she's able to kill one of the demons. And then they take out the other demon together. And so Ethan's like lying on the floor, basically dead. Hypaxia, thank God she's a um a coven a witch healer, and a med yeah. witch. And so she starts healing him on site. And they take him back to the witch embassy. And he's being treated by the queen. I think I said this before. I was very shocked that we can just rip out a throat and be like... Let me just mend this up real quick with some light magic. You know what I mean? I just feel like that is a a, a final death. I feel like it's so close to the head. Like, once you're done, you're done. You need huh? the brain and the heart to stay alive. Oh, right, 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 right. So if there's so those still two things are still there. I know okay. it's still connected technically, but like, how do you know? Like, if you're ripping at my throat, like my spinal cord's right behind there. Did you get me? Yeah. Am I gone? Am I dead? Well, you rip out your throat is not the same as decapitated. Like, well, I know, but I'm stated, I think you could say, like, like how far back do we go on a throat ripping out? You know, like, is it? You know? It reminds me, this is so bad. <laughs> nearly headless Nick. <laughs> nearly headless. How could you be nearly headless like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if the spinal cord's not shattered. Yes, technically, but you um, know. I guess whatever. I, I, fantasy anyway, book. Yes, fantasy, fantasy book. book. So they go back. We're like, where the fuck is the dragon? The dragon dipped. Like, she got the first opportunity to be out of that house, and she fled. So everyone's pissed about that. They suspect the attack was another attest from the Prince of Pit. Rune comes in, and he's talking to Hunt and Bryce, and he reveals to Hunt that Bryce is officially the princess. And now they're brothers, brother-in-laws, which is super cute, because I was like, oh, he's kind of excited to have a brother. Ethan... Asked Hypaxia while they were together if he would help her, if she would be able to help him release the alpha wolf that's at the mystics. The, and she says, with the astronomer, no. yeah. Yeah, with the astronomer. And she says, no, um, she can't, but she still will be willing to help with the brother. Declan and Philin show up because so they're part I gotta, of the crew. I gotta say, at this point, I was a little annoyed at Ethan because I'm like, okay, your brother's dead. They went to the bone quarter. They searched for him. Like, it just felt a little bit like you went to the mystics. How many other people are you going to ask to to check in? For help, right? Yeah. I was kind of like, are, are you just, you literally just got attacked while 
on a security detail. You were supposed to be protecting her. She ends up protecting you and you have the balls to sit there and ask her for another favor. What? These people don't owe you anything. Let it go. Like, move on. Let's live in peace. You know? Like, I feel Uh, bad. That was his only relative. Yes. But also. Like, I say this having not tragically lost my only brother, you know? Yeah. Like, I get it. But also, you're. It just feels redundant. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little redundant. Yeah. Sorry, Ethan. I love you, but damn, just shut up already. Um. So Declan and Flynn show up to check on him because now he's part of the crew. Like, they really care about him. I thought that was cute because they were actually pretty worried. And Therian shows up to check on Paxia. And I was like, wait, are they together? They were kind of flirty, but they turned out to be friends. So later that day, Rune meets up with Agent Day again, and she apologized for being a complete bitch last time and saying all the things that she did. And they end up kissing and making a plan to meet up at the mating ceremony during the autumn equinox. I love that part where they're like, "Mm, let's go meet up at the ball and kiss before midnight. It was very like Cinderella to me. Yeah. It was cute. In theory. In theory. (laughs) In theory. Let's see if it actually happens. So two weeks later. Sorry, Rune likes a girl. Oh. He really likes them. Well, he likes like Queen uh, Hypaxia last book, and I was really rooting for them. That's why I was really rooting for them in this book, too. I was hoping. I was hoping, but no. After all. So two weeks later, it's the autumn equinox. So we know today's the day of the mating ceremony. So Bryce shows up with Cormac and Hunt in tow. And instead of going to greet her king first, which is her father, um, she goes straight to Celestina and her mate, and she goes... Hey, this is Hunt. He's my mate. And because she recognizes him as his mate in front of the Archangel and the Archangel congratulates them, she officially identifies him as Prince. And that's basically accepting their union. So now he's officially Prince. And then the Asteri show up on the big screens and announce that they recognize the union as well. And so the Autumn King is pissed because... He did not want this to happen. He wanted Cormac to still be engaged to her. And she just one up to him by announcing the new prince of the Fae, who is an angel and her mate against her father's wishes. But I love, again, this is Fuck a case. off, <laughs> yeah. It's a case of Bryce outsmarting everyone because Hunt didn't know she was going to do this. Cormac didn't know. No, Hunt knew. They talked about it. And so he was on board with it, but they didn't tell Cormac. They didn't tell Rune. So they kept it on the download so nobody would get wind of it. So her father couldn't be able to stop it before it happened. It was a badass move. It was a badass move. Cormac was pissed off. Well, yeah. He's like, we're in this thing together, man. You can't even just give me a heads up. But I understand why she did it. She She needs his reaction to look real. Yeah, and so he p- is pissed, and he takes off, and so the other fair disgusted are like, "Ugh, that's horrible," because they already don't like her to begin with. Um, and so while they're at the mating ceremony, Rune is dancing with Hypexia. He offers to go meet with the, her sister, the Hind, so they could finally have this meeting and talk to each other. And while he meets with Hypexia and the Hind, he takes off to go to the meeting spot so he can finally meet day and when he goes to the fountain the harpy shows up and he immediately panics he's like oh my god this cannot be the harpy but the harpy doesn't really realize what's going on he's like day she goes oh i've been following you and i've seen the things you do so he freaks out and when he turns around he sees that the hind is watching them so he's like nope i gotta get out of here this is not worth the risk day did you I don't think for a second day. it actually was the harpy because i did no. and i was like oh no i immediately was like oh shit 
And then when she didn't respond, I immediately went, oh, it's the hind. Thank God. Yes. I was like, it has to be the hind. Yeah. But I wasn't for sure. So, but what really confirmed it was the scene after this. So while he flees, the hind saw that. And so he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. I don't want the day to get um, in, caught. And it was foolish of them to even try to meet anyhow. So we cut into Bryce and Hunt trying to sneak away and get freaky in a closet. In the room that they break into, they <laughs> find Celestina and Queen Hypaxia hooking up. Like, hello. Like a boob out to the wind, I believe. <laughs> um, so everything was finally falling into place. This was the person that she told Bryce about earlier in the book. And now we know why the Archangel so fucking cagey. Because she has a lover who they all know. And she wants to be with her, but she can't have babies with her to give more archangels. I was a little sad. Because they really want to be together. Well, so Celestina immediately goes into like growly protector mood and Hunt is doing the same thing because now Bryce is in, in, danger. Um, being in danger and she's being threatened basically. Which didn't made me think that Hypaxia and Celestina are mates because that's like a reaction to your mate being oh, in danger. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't so even think about that. Bryce is immediately trying to diffuse the situation and she's like, look, I have, I know technically you're my soon to be sister in law, but your secret is safe with me. We will not say anything to anybody. And so they end up leaving the room together. And this is where Celestina tells hunt that how she wishes she was never in love because love is a trap Uh oh so that comes into play later meanwhile therian is at the mating ceremony and he came with the river queen's daughter which is his fiance and he decides at that time that he's gonna break it off because he's miserable she obviously is miserable as well and he goes and he fucks some like shifter in the dry, uh, garden while the guard dances with his princess just had to throw that in there because it shows a true character moment. And then after the ceremony is over, Rune meets with Day in their little mind bridge. And he tells her, like, I showed up at the um, fountain, but I was almost caught. And I didn't want you to get into trouble and be outed because your safety is super important to me. And then she reveals that she saw him there. And I was like, I know who it is. I know who it is. And she starts saying, oh, you're engaged to Queen Hypaxia and, and starts name dropping all these people that are important to Rune. And she sounds jealous. Like she's straight up jealous. Well, she was jealous and they end up hooking up. I don't want to say hooking up. They made love because I don't know if you can physically hook up in, you know, your mind like that. It was like mental phone sex. Yeah, I guess. I thought you were about to say mental fucking. I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> bridge did i like short circuit you you stayed quiet for a minute i was like trying to remember the details because in my notes i said they did not have sex they made the love and then i was like what does that even mean i guess i was trying to be romantic there but oh well it's true though they did they had like a very tender loving moment because he what we know about her is that she has a high stakes job with the asteri And so for her to have this loving, trusting moment was like a big deal for, I think, both of them. Because runes are like, I'll do anything, you know, that looks my way. Then I'm down for a good time. But to them, this was like, this was a real connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what also made it impactful is once you realize that, like, she's been hooking up with Pollock. And Pollock is clearly into some freaky shit and doesn't respect her. 
and doesn't like respect her but she does it for the cause like ouch man i know and you can tell he's not a gentle lover like rune yeah no because she's she's like literally talking to rune in her mind and she gets dragged out of it by his like middle of the night like fuck us on yeah like she's sacrificing a lot a lot this made me feel really bad for lydia Oh, I guess at this point they kissed. They did not hook up yet. My bad. But they oh. do hook up. And then uh, I think the yeah. next time. Yeah. But yeah, it all becomes a blur because they do end up mind whatevering mind each other. Mind sexing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the same night after the ceremony, Ethan and Hypaxia had plans to contact Connor again. We're back with Connor. So the under king intercepts as he should. And he's like, I want to play a game. And he turns the entire area into basically a maze and they have to be able to get out of it and they have like different spells and stuff like that so he also releases hunting hounds on them and so they're on a mission to get out of there alive and he gives them a message to give to hunt and bryce and rune whenever they make it out of there which they do so this is all happening like in the middle of the night so bryce is finally asleep in her apartment with hunt and she gets a dream uh, where she's meeting Apollyon and the Prince of Pit, and he tells her that Adis is busy raising the Hell's armies, and he reveals that the Starborn Queen Thea Thea was Adis's great love, and so that was kind of a shock because we we're like, wait, what? They were together. This makes sense as to why he keeps trying to contact her and say, "Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. I'll support you," because they supported each other in the past. So the Princes of Hell and the Fae were allies against Dastari, and he also tells her that. He did not send the Reapers that attacked her that even though the Underking said that he was the one to do it. So we're all still trying to figure out where the Reapers came from initially that attacked her and Rune. And we also find out that Hunt was bred to be receptive to their kind, aka the demons. And he wants her to use the horn in her back to open up a door to hell. And she says, screw that. I don't want to do that. And then he basically tells her, okay, you go on doing whatever it is you want to do, but when you're ready for this, you come find me. When you're ready to learn the truth about everything that's been going on, come find me and I will help you. So that was his plea to her. The next day at training, Bryce tells them about the meeting she had in the middle of the dream and she reveals the half-truth about Emil that he is found and he's safe and Cormac is pissed because he thought the entire time that he was still missing. And while they're in the middle of that, Ethan and Hypaxia finally make it out of the maze and they run and deliver the message to them that the Underking wants to meet them. And when I say them, he means specifically Bryce, Rune, and Hunt and Hypaxia. And so they decide they're going to go meet the Underking and figure out what it is he wants. So while it's happening, Theron goes to meet Market because he wants to figure out a way to get the dragon to give to the River Queen so he doesn't get punished for not finding a meal. And so he's on like panic mode. He goes to meet Market. He takes, I think, Flynn with him or someone else, whichever one's obsessed with the dragon. And he starts questioning her about Pippa and all these other things. And the River Queen, the Viper Queen, not the River Queen, my bad, the meat market to meet the Viper Queen. So the Viper Queen tells him that if you're so interested on where Pippa is, why don't you go talk to your friends? And he gets this like weird sense of oh shit something's about to go down he starts calling them and they won't pick up the phone so he leaves immediately to go find them so our little gang is gone to the Erd temple to meet the under king and he tells them he finally figured out where the reapers came from that attacked him and it was from the eternal city huge hint 
And it turned out not only is he revealed that to them, but it's also a trap. So Pippa marches into that temple and starts attacking them. Bryce immediately teleports uh, Hypaxia out first. She goes to the gate. She uses her powers and her cell phone to um, warp her voice to be able to put out a call, a plea for help. And so she teleports back and she retrieves Rune, gets into safety. By the time she comes back for Hunt, she's way too weak. But at that point, the Hind shows up and they're responding to the attack by Pippa. And most of the rebels get killed, but Pippa is able to escape. And as Hunt and Bryce are about to get caught at the temple by Polox, Baxian shows up and shows them to an exit route. And so then Bryce is like, what the fuck is going on? How are you here? Like, I'm not, it's not that I'm not grateful you just saved my ass, but why are you saving my ass? Because he's been the one that just shows up randomly out of nowhere. And here was another bomb drop. We find out that our boy Baxian is actually- a big one. Wait, wait, hold on. Can you do the Cockney accent again? Oh, your boy ba- Baxian. I'm, Baxian. I'm here to help up. you. Yeah, and to Mission reveal, <laughs> what is he? He is Danica Danica's mate. I'm sorry. This what? one. So we find out earlier who her daddy is. And now we find out now who her other daddy is. And I, I just can't keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up. Gosh, a couple things. So I felt so bad for Bryce in this because she's learning all of these hidden things from her best friend that she thought she knew up and down and left and right. And it really puts Bryce like mentally in a tough spot to be able to just reconcile like this person I knew so much hid so much from me. And also it completely took me by surprise that she's a mate that we just never knew about. For two years. For two, for yes. two fucking and years. And I think there's like, a callback where – Bryce is like, well, I was teasing her that she hadn't hooked up with anyone for two years. Yeah. And it all falls in place. She goes, oh, my God, like it, what he's saying must be true. And my best friend has been lying to me this entire time. It goes to question, like, do we actually like Danica, Danica? Do we think she was a good friend or was she just playing Bryce this entire time? I know there was love there, but also like it's real fucked up about how much she left out. I Uh think that. So supposedly Danica doesn't exist anymore because she gave up her second light for Bryce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, there needs to be some like type of redemptive arc, because at what point do we just start to stop getting all these revelations from this? What now feels like a stranger? This person was supposed to be Bryce's best friend, essentially our best friend. Yeah. We don't know jack shit about her. Crazy. Well, it's not that we didn't know shit about her. It's that she was lying her way through everything. So I don't I, – it was definitely lying by omission. I don't think yes, it was. Yes, but that's so lying. I know. It's just – it's tough when you find out secrets, I guess, about the people that you care about. And it's just – she needs to have some type of redemptive arc where – Maybe we'll get it at the end. Like where it yeah. all falls into – I think it's when we finally get the full picture and everything falls into place. And then we're like – Oh, Danica pulled an alien and she literally planned out all this stuff to be like. There needs to be like a letter at the end or something. Yeah, something where she's like, I'm so sorry I had to hide this from you, but it was important to protect everyone. Like some, she had the the foresight to do all of these things secretly. Like you could just like write a homegirl a letter, you know? Right. Give her an update. So we find out that they've been mated for two years and they met actually at a wolf summit. And when she got there, she was seeking him out because he has like this very peculiar lineage. She sought him out because he has a very like rare lineage. And as soon as they saw each other, they immediately knew what they were to each other. 
And so that's why Sabine actually fled the apartment when she came and she started almost attacking Bryce was because Baxian showed up. So she wasn't afraid that Hunt was there. She saw Baxian and she knows that Baxian hates her guts because Baxian is Danica's mate and knew that her mom was a complete bitch to her. And he was ready to take it out on her to protect Danica or Danica's honor or whatever. When he, during that same conversation, we realized that Baxine was the one that gave the sequence of numbers to Danica, who then gave it to Sophie. So that's, that was a bomb drop as well. So now we know what it is. And it's actually a room number for the Seri archives in the Eternal City. So once they find out that, they go back. Declan pulls up all the camera feeds for the Seri archives and he sees Sophie entering the room. And when she comes back out, you know, she looks like shocked in her faces, pale or whatever. So they decide they need to go to the archives to find out the truth for once and all. So now we're at the pre-show time. So this is everything that they have to do before they go Wait. on their mission. Hold on. Reverse, question. reverse. No, no, no. It was just a question. Did they ever explain, because I can't remember, how Sophie, a human, got into the Asteri archives in the Eternal City? They didn't say specifically what she did, but they did reference at one point that because she was half human, half veneer, she was able to use her go undetected because she was able to conceal her veneer. So they weren't able to detect her as a human. Got it. I okay. assume she was like, I'm the janitor. I'm here to clean. And then just like janitored her way in. Right. So I'm sure she like had to like... <laughs> sneak in but they did reference that her powers the way she was built made her great for those types of missions so before they go on their little mission everyone has to get their shit together right and so we have so therian goes and he meets with the princess and he breaks up with her and says you're going to be much happier without me and she understands but she's still pissed she like throws a little pissy fit and goes to tell her mommy and he knows that he'll he'll be like in deep shit or dead by the end of the day and so he flees and he goes to the viper queen and swears loyalty to her to become one of her men in order to you know gain protection which seemed like a big red flag to me i was like why are you doing this what's going on why are you going to her your best friends with the phase and hunt like why are you doing this yeah, and I don't feel like I completely – and I think we talked about this before. Like, I don't completely understand Therian's situation and why the River Queen is so bad yet. Because up until this point, she's just been kind of like an annoying little bitch. Jealous and selfish, but I don't know why you'd have to, to your point, run past our fae friends, past the king, and go right to the Viper Queen. Who's known for, like, shady shit. Therian strikes me as a – Dumb fuckboy. I was going to say impulsive, but yeah. (laughs) But it's weird because he's technically smart. Like, he's the intelligence officer. Anyhow. So he's doing that. We're like, that does not sound like a good idea, but whatever. Go do you, boo. Ethan and Hypaxia go to the den and they tell the Prime of Sabine about the Mystic Wolf. And Sabine blows it off because she's like, I don't care. You're not part of my pack. I don't care what you do. And when she leaves, the Prime reveals that he knows who the wolf is and that that wolf is the n- another Fendry heir. So technically this wolf could take the, the spot that Sabine has and rival her for her position. And so Ethan decides that as a wolf and it's his duty to protect her. So he's like, sorry guys, I can't go on your little mission with you. I'm going to go protect what could be the future of my pack. 
and he goes off and he's doing that. So that's where we leave Ethan and Hypaxia goes to tell the rest of the gang that, hey, he can't come and he sends him a message, whatever. Rune meets with Dave for the first time since their kiss and she tells him that she can't continue being distracted by him. This is a bad idea. And she tells him that her fate is bound to another person. And he responds, which is super swoony, your fate is bounded to me. And I was like, cute. This is where they make their sweet love. Their sweet, sweet loving. Sweet, sweet love. And she finishes the story that she's been telling him over the past couple of meetings where there's this witch who was turned into this creature that destroyed all of this like forest and whoever came near and then this knight came and saved her and they fell happily ever after basically it turned out to be her story not exactly her that's story, what but, i you took know, it as shattering is like i'm do but i'm a good person but i do bad things because they turned me into this and i'm still can be a good person after they hook up or make sweet love he is can informed you- <laughs> stop saying sweet love I knew so it would bug you. I knew it would bug just, you. Oh, what? Hella? It was sweet, sweet, loving, mind loving. Um, I have no problems with this sweet, sweet love. Continue on. So we find out that Pippa is has been laying low since her attack at the temple, and Rune starts telling her that they're going to need a distraction because they're going to go to the Starry Archives and retrieve whatever info that Sophie had. She starts warning him, like, don't do it. It could be a trap. And as she's telling him all these things, she gets pulled out of the the mental bridge. And as she's doing that, she starts getting frantic and she says the dungeons. So Rune's like, I got to go save my girl. I got to go save her. She's mine. We just hooked up. Like, this is my love. And now she's in the dungeons. And I was like, this sounds like a trap. Don't do it. Yes. But he goes and he wakes up Bryson Hunt and he tells them everything. So we find out that wait, wait, they've pause, been- pause. I'm just thinking with my dick. He was. That's dumb. Yep. He was. That that he- that's rude. I mean, I get it, but also just thinking with my dick. We know he only knew three things. Exactly. <laughs> So he starts telling them all about date and that even though they were meeting from Intel, they were slightly dating and then they end up hooking up and now she's in trouble. But even and- as he's telling their friends, they're like, wait, hold up. You want us to just storm in there like today with no plan in an hour? Like this is not a good idea. And that he tells their she's in a dungeon at the crystal palace which turns out to be the same place that they're going and so they go back and forth and then all three of them decide that they'll go together the following day. And Fury provides them with a rough map of the palace layout so they can come up with a plan to sneak in. Darren and Cormac are going to work together to create a distraction. And then Bryce notices something different about Therian, which we know is because he made this bond to the Viper Queen and is now one of her people. But she doesn't really say anything. He kind of brushes it off, but there was like a notice there. And so... Pippa is planning on attacking this lab that they have where the Asteri has their new prototypes and they're going to carry out the raid knowing that she'll come early trying to grab whatever she needs to plan her future attacks. So after all those plans are made, everyone's set and ready to go and Bryce is processing that what's been going on in the past couple of years, like all her friends who she knew and thought she loved 
were leading very complex lives and she didn't know about it. So she started feeling some type of way about it. Like Danica hid so much from her. She feels guilty about the rift between her and Juniper. And she feels that like Fury is in between all of it. So she calls Juniper and leaves her message apologizing. And the way the message came off, it sounds like a, I love you. And if you don't hear from me, this might be a good goodbye. Yeah, their final goodbyes. They're making their amends. They're peace with the world. Mm-hmm. So while it's happening, Cormac is brooding in the middle of the night that it's going to be another raid and he's just in his feelings. And Rune ends up finding him because he's a good person and he finds him at the dive bar and they start talking, chit-chatting, have a little bro moment. And Rune, Cormac ends up apologizing to Rune for everything that happened to him in the past. This one hurt because I was like, oh shit, I don't like this. Like, I'm happy they're finally friends, but I feel like something's going to happen. So Rune tells him that once everything's over and everything has settled, like, fuck their dads, fuck the past. They're going to make a new alliance between the two of them. Prince to prince, future king to future queen, king. And it's so sweet. I was like, it's happening. It's really but like, happening. You know when so something suspicious. is so sweet like that, you're like, mm-hmm. when, has, I was, when has Sarah ever let us have this sweet moment? I was like, is this goodbye? Is this goodbye? Yeah. Yeah. It might be. So Hunt sneaks out in the middle of the night as well. So everyone's kind of doing their last minute things before. And he goes to the barracks to retrieve any weapons he left behind. And he gets his Umbra Mortis helmet. And he tries it on. He's walking out. And he runs into Celestina, who's blocking the elevators for him to not be able to go down. She tells him that her mate is leaving tomorrow. And she'll visit him in the next month. And if there's no change in the situation, aka if she's not pregnant... And so we know Hunt's still kind of upset about that because he knows the truth about everything that's happening. And he continues to spin lies that, you know, he's really stressed out about his new prince duties. And that's why he's there. And she tells him that hope, she hopes if he ever needed an ally, he would come to her. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so nice. She's so nice. Just a good, good hearted archangel. Like Not hate her now. <laughs> So now we have showtime. So Therian and Cormac go and they are disguised as agents and they go into the lab. Once they're there, Cormac teleports out to Rune, Bryce, and Hunt who are hiding out in an olive tree grove and they take them to the palace one by one. Declan is their eyes and ears to their cameras. Bryce takes off immediately and she goes to the archives to see what she can find out while Hunt and Rune are waiting for her. When she enters the room, she realizes that there's a pipe for each Asteria. It's basically imagine like a cylinder that's glowing and each of them... Each pipe has like a, a staring name on it and there's first light running through it. So we find out that what we thought was powering the city, the first light that was powering the city is actually powering the staring and that's their power source. They, so they've been feeding off of all these people for years and years and years and nobody knew it. They thought their first light was going to the city. It's going to the staring. And then the staring <sighs> turned around and ruled the people. And I was like, that's like really fucked when you think about it. Oh, it's so bad. It's really gross. It's like the Sanderson sisters when they like make the potion and they're sucking that's it up. That's exactly what Ugh. it is. And so Sorry while if that she's- sound effect affects everyone as much as it just did Hilda. <laughs> so while she's going around, she's starting to realize what the truth is. And she finds a room named Dusk and she knows that there's been email references to the Dusk room. So she goes in. Who's it? Dusk. Dusk's truth. And- she finds a map and all these planets and there's notes attached to the planets. And we find out that the Steri have been invading these planets, conquering them, using up their power supply, and then just leaving them for dead. A few planets are able to rebel and fight back, which includes the planet Hell. One L, not two. And then she's frantically searching the maps because she wants to figure out where the fuck their Steri came from. And while she's doing that, 
Rigelius, Rigelius, the lead head Asteri guy finds her in the room and starts telling her that don't even bother trying to find where we came from. We've been along, been here for so long, we don't even remember where we came from because they just hop from planet to planet. Meanwhile, since Bryce is caught, she's technically late for the meetup time, and Rune takes off to the dungeons because he has to go look for his lover, Lady Day. And Mordox steps out in the dungeons from the shadows and captures him. So that's where Rune's at. You know, it's now a missed opportunity back. to call Mordok Mordog because he's a hound. You know what I mean? Like, Mordog. <laughs> <laughs> you can write that to the editor. Yeah. <laughs> Just So while this is all happening, Darian and Cormac are still creating the diversion. So they light up the lab, literally light it up. Cormac, he's ruthlessly killing people left and right. It doesn't even matter if they're rebels or not. And Pippa shows up. She shoots Cormac. He tries to teleport away, but the bullet is caught through his shoulder, and it's the one that strips his power. The Gorsia. And the Mexu comes to life and starts attacking them, and he tells Basically Therian Basically picture to, that like a Transformer suit, or like with a Power Rangers. Me too. You know, when they all come together and form this big like- I was definitely picturing like that or iRobot. Probably Transformers more. Yeah. And he tells Therian to run and get away, to get go away, because- He's going to be out here doing his thing. The Steri show up, and while Pippa is distracted, Cormac erupts into a ball of fire, killing Pippa and essentially himself. And it spreads throughout the building, and because they're explosive in the buildings, the building explodes. So Therian was able to escape. I wish we had more time with Cormac, because I we just met him in this book. He was an interesting character, and he just was like so heartbroken over losing Sophie and I feel like he just he had more to give, but he gave well, by erupting into a ball of flame and calling in his fey power to like self combust. You can cook with McCormick spices every single day. Yes. Sorry, I just had a thought. Maybe this is the Mahinch <laughs> theory. So he erupted into a ball of flame. Is that similar? How? Uh, I don't think so. You know what I'm talking about? In Throne of yeah, Glass, for, in the um, last book. Throwing the glass. I was thinking of. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm thinking throwing like glass. Aelin? Like, no, like our witchy witch friends, Manon, Manon, Manon's friends, Asterian. The 13. The 13. Thank you. Wow. I really struggled through every name to possibly get them out. But like the 13 did, where they just like became balls of fire and just like combusted. Anyway, that's just a thought I just had. No. We'll, we'll cover that on Unhinged. I was technically, when you started talking, my head immediately went to. um. Why am I forgetting her name? From Akatar. Um, little scary one. What's her name? Amran? Amran. When Amran turns into like the fire bird and like sweeps out and kills all the people from the battle. That's what I thought you were talking about. She doesn't but no. turn into a fire bird. She turns into some kind of creature. She becomes it- into, I'm telling you, she turns into an archangel. It's Vasa who's the fire bird. Vasa is the fire bird. She is the fire Aaron bird. But does in my- flood out in some kind of power. She does like fly over things and like kills everybody. So in my head, I always pictured that as like a big fire scene. That was what my head was doing. So anyhow. We're going off the rails. That, going off the rails. Got, thought that just came to me as uh, McCormack did his last seasoning. I had a feeling he was going to die because he kind of went so. (laughs) I didn't say I missed him. He was just like killing everybody. And I felt like that was his final stand. He was just like, yeah, he's like, fuck this. And he went, I don't want to say he went rogue, but he just went all out. And I knew that that was his last stand. So that hurt. 
because I was starting to like him. And after his little chat with Rune, I was really looking forward to him and Rune being best buddies in the next book and like living out their like future king to future king bond. So now we go back to Bryce. So we know Bryce has been captured, not been captured. She's been cornered by Regalius and he starts giving her all the information she has ever needed. Like he so, just, I feel like it's, it's, he's the bad guy in any mm-hmm. action theory and he's just monologuing. Like, here's what you need to know. And he just lays it all out. The first thing I thought was really weird that he said, he was like, I'm a higher being gods. And I was like, are you, or are you just like parasite? And then he explains that he heard the voicemail from Juniper and knew that she was going to be coming today because the voicemail sounded like a farewell and that he had hopes and plans as he'd hoped and planned. So basically he planned this entire thing from the beginning oh, to masterminded. get Bryce here to the end because he wants her to open the rifts between their planet and the rest of the planet so they can continue sucking the power energy out of the other planets. Right. So because what live. he reveals is that they, and I think you already said this too, it's like they go from planet to planet and then they have all their notes is in this room that Sophie found. So this is like their like evil plan, don't tell anyone room, where they say like, oh, this is the planet like 2.0 and the children tasted good but the adults rebelled so we left. Then this planet, not hospitable, this planet fought back, so we peaced out. And so she can really see how much conquering they've been doing. And it's much, much deeper and bigger than what they've previously thought. Right. And what's wild is that they have been using Midgard as a base. So what they've been doing is going to these other planets, luring the citizens in this idea of going to Midgard to conquer it. Once they get to Midgard, they technically conquer it. But the series are there ruling, and so they end up sucking their powers out of them to continue ruling and feeding off of them. And then they either leave or they die. And we find out that Queen Thea, Thea. Thea and her daughters realize what this area were do- doing, and they use their powers to shut the gates. And they wanted to shut the gate to their planet and unintentionally close all the planet's gates. So that's why he needs Bryce. And so Danica, Danica got too close to the truth and the Asteri pushed Micah towards Danica and her synth. And so that's what started the entire situation. And what actually got her killed was because she got too close to the information of the Asteri. And we find out that her starborn bloodline hails from a small isle a few miles Mm -hmm. off mainland Mm -hmm. and existed in near permanent twilight and only a few could shift from their humanized forms to animals so we're like okay this is a lot of information we find out that her bloodline comes from this specific place and we find out that midgar shifters are actually fae and they're just from a different planet including the mirror and so they're all fae they're just different kinds of fae which sounds familiar to something else that we know so the Seri have basically been breeding these people for food and was able to make control, maintain control by isolating all the different fate types into their different houses to keep rivalry, to keep them busy basically fighting each other so they won't be looking above. Right, which I think answers the question I had in the beginning of this. And I'm like, why the heck do we have all these different houses? Like, what does it do? Just essentially creates this cast order and they're all fighting against mm-hmm. each other. So that's why we've got House of Breath and Sky, House of Earth and Blood. They're, they just mastermind this whole thing to be like, eh, if they're so busy fighting each other, they don't have to worry about us. Right. And I guess Thur, the planet Thur was like the last time anyone got close to 
finding out as much information as Danika did. Well, they all, and did you cover this part about hell? That hell was one of the planets that they invaded and did not, started to conquer, but hell fought back. Yes. And so that's why hell, the princes of the pit have been so insistent on getting with Bryce because they know the power she has to open the rifts and hell is like, hell no. (laughs) Pun intended. We're ending this today. These people are leaving forever. Gosh, there was so much information like going through my brain. I was just trying to keep up and I knew the end was coming and I was like, I, I need to go. I need to go. I need to keep going reading. And I was like stressed. And I, gotta I was be also honest. trying to record this. Even talking about it out loud, a person is like helping me digest this again. And I've read it twice because this is, it's a lot to uh, take in, conceptualize mm-hmm. that all of these things have been masterminded and you've got the riffs and what we know is not what we know, you know. So if, if you didn't get it the first time, I'm barely getting it the second time. And if I made you even more confused by my explanation, my bads. My bads. No, I think it was great. I tried. So Bryce is like, holy shit, all this information she just found out, and she thinks she can flee. So she teleports back to Hunt. When she does, she finds him being detained and kneeling in front of the harpy. Rune, she doesn't know where Rune is, because, but we know Rune is back there with Mordog because he got caught. <laughs> There we go. So Rune is chained in the dungeons and he's being attacked by Mordok and Mordok is just going in and he's like laughing about how he got them into the situation. He's been tracking them this entire time. Um, Rune has been wondering where Day is and he starts wondering, did she betray him? Like, did she tell him about the dungeons to get him to the spot so they can get attacked? And I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Rune, I was thinking the same exact thing because where is she if she's in the dungeons and you're supposed to be in the dungeons? So when Hunt and Bryce are brought into the dungeons, they're shackled and by the harpy. And then Morda continues bragging about the game that Regilius was playing and how he was in on it and he was reporting directly to him and going against Archangel. And he thought it was so funny because he got one up above them. He also mentions that like Mordok has smelt Hunt and sm- he smells wrong for an angel. And I was like, Ooh, red flag. Are you not fully an angel? Are you angel? Are you part angel? What's going on here? I got a theory for that. Because, you know, everybody keeps referencing to like how, oh, your dad, his dad would have been so proud of him. Oh, he was bred to, you know, be aware of or or receptive of our kind or whatever. I think he's part demon. And so as the harpy is about to start torturing Rune, she is attacked by the hind, a.k.a. Lydia, a.k.a. Day. And Rune is so shocked. The Hind ends up killing the Harpy before she even touches Rune. She ends up setting Bryce free. And they're so caught up in everything. And as they're like going through all this stuff and trying to like to release everyone, they're about to be caught. Pollux ends up coming and she tells Bryce, like, make it look believable. Yeah. And Bryce is like, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna do that because I She's still like, hate no you, problems. even though you just helped me. And so they get into a fight. And they're pretending that the hind was caught off guard and she ambushed her. So they're all taken up into the throne room and Bryce reveals to everybody about what she found out about First Light. And everyone's kind of like shocked. They're like, what? You could tell like even the people that worked for him didn't really know that was happening. And Regilius tells them that he pretended to be the Underking. Ada's in that day in her apartment. So when we saw the cat in her apartment and it turned into the prince, and they were talking, it was actually him. And he encouraged all of their plans from the beginning. And he was the one that sent the Reapers, which we kind of knew about because we found out they came from the Eternal City. And 
he was the one that attacked them. We find out that Celestina has been reporting on their movements the entire fucking time. Traitor bitch. Like, I know she was doing it to protect her lover's life, but damn, that was fucked up. It really was. He also confesses that he's going to open the rift to not just, you know, get his revenge and continue sucking the power out of all these other planets. He's going to go attack the Fae planet because Queen <laughs> Queen Thea was the one that screwed him over and closed the rifts and cut him off from all these other planets. So he's on his little revenge plan. So Bryce being Bryce is making plans in her head. Rune is making plans as well, and she bargains with Asteria and is like, hey, I will open it for you if you let go of my brother and my mate. I want them to be free, and he accepts the bargain with her. Meanwhile, Rune has been making the plan and talking to Hunt in his mind, and as she's saying goodbye to him and giving them hugs, they tell her, we're going to make a distraction, and you run, and you run, and you go to the gate because there's a gate inside the palace, and you get the fuck out of here and come back with whatever you need to be able to take down this asshole. She's doing that. They make the distraction, and she runs for the gate. Um, Rigelius is, of course, distracted that he follows her, and they're almost so close to catching her, and she's able to escape and goes into the gate, assuming it will take her straight to hell yep. because they're raising an army to come help her, right? She wakes up in this this land and she's like, this doesn't look like hell. What is going on? The grass is green. This is super softer than I imagined. And she sees this man with wings and it looks like bat wings. And you're like, are they demon wings? Is she in hell? And nothing's making sense. And, and the language she's trying to speak to him, he's not understanding. He's not understanding at all. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. She's like, take and me so eventually, to the prince. I need, am I in hell? Like she's trying to figure out where the hell... She's like telling them, take me to Prince um, Adis, take me to Prince Apollyon. Like, I know these people. They're going to help me. They're expecting She's me. And name he's just dropping like, left and right. <laughs> and he can't understand her. So he takes her into this house. And when you're reading it, you're like, this kind of sounds familiar. A house on a river. And you're like, hmm. And then people start walking into the room. And they're all speaking a different language. And you see the couples come in as they are. And so as this is happening, I was like, noting that the outfits were from a different time period and it was a brown haired girl and another fella with wings and, and I was someone like, who looked like fury and like, someone <laughs> who looked like fury and i was like i knew immediately that's who that was because in my head i was thought fury looks like her mm -hmm. and then the last two people show up and she starts talking in the old fey language because she goes if anything they might know this i don't even want to talk about it anymore <laughs> I feel like I can't say it on the podcast, even though we've name dropped it so many times. Like, yeah. So they start talking back and forth and like, how do you know this language? This hasn't been spoken in like 15,000 years or something. Maybe not 15,000, maybe 1,500. Something anyway, preposterous. Oh, yeah. A crazy long amount of time. And she's trying to figure out, she's still asking, where's the prince of the pit, the prince of hell? Like, I'm just trying to figure out where I am. I think they ask her for her name. And the entire yeah. time, you're getting these context clues. You're like, is it? Is it? Yeah. Is this? Is this it? Because she's got, like, I have to save my mate and help me save my mate. Right. So good. And so good. they say. I, my eyes are actually watering right now because, like, the sense of nostalgia of, like, going home. Uh, wow. And so they ask. And it's the entire time it is uh, this one person who looks like Fury coordinating the conversations. And Translating. 
they, translating to everyone um, because not a crowd has has joined in this living room. And they say that, you know, the one with the paint on her pants wants to know what's your name. And she says, I'm Bryce Quinlan. And the man standing there says, hello, Bryce Quinlan. I'm Rhysand. And you're like, Screaming because like up into I remember reading this part and like my I'm not even breathing. Like I'm not even breathing. I'm just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. That's definitely Thera. That's definitely Rayseyan. That's definitely Amarin. Amarin's doing the translating. What? And like that's where it ends. In theory. Like that's where it ends. Yeah. And Rhysand supposedly looks exactly like Rune. Right, because she's confused and she's like, Rune? And you're like, no, Rhysand. Like we're not just talking like they look like they're related. She's talking about looks exactly like her fucking brother. Like twin brother. Same eyes. Same hair. Same bone structure. So what does this tell us, dear listeners? It tells us that – I mean this is all we know right now until we get to Unhinged Theories – that there is a whole SJM universe of it's things that can happen. It's the, the verse. Yeah, the verse. Yes. Uh, much like we have in the Marvel verse, we have the mass verse. And when you reread this, you start to see the connections back and forth a lot stronger. You know, I think Bridget had or Hilda had mentioned the Book of Breathings. So you start to see it. You're just... You pick up on things that are all similar, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this here or not, but when they talk about there's certain queens, and it sounds like similar stories we have all heard from all of our SJM books. There's a similar story about uh, a light bringer. I think it's Maya, Mia. Uh-huh. Uh, Ooh, so and they, the swords? The, the swords. swords? Her swords oh. start glowing when it meets As its mate? Like, she, so the star sword is Gwydion? Yes, we believe Star Sword is what we believe at this point. And the prophecy is when the two swords meet, show shall our people be. Right? Something like that? It's when the when the knife and the sword are reunited, so will the people be. That's a prophecy that the Fae and Midgard have. have. And um, I believe in no, actually they have Amarin, something similar. Amran says that's Gwydion. If anybody knows anything, it's Amran. It's Amran. Uh, yeah, so Amran. That's why she's still alive. <laughs> yeah, so this just, this will blow our minds because now this opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Why did she go there? Why didn't she not go to hell? How did she get to hell? She said, take me to the place that can help me or something weird like that where she thought it was hell and they brought her there. How does she get back? So many questions. We have no answer. Hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Resand. I think oh. the part that really fucks me up is like, are we in the past, present, or future yeah, type of situation? Knows. Because they, the she, we know Bryce dresses like us, and yeah. I thought Farah kind of similar dressed like us, give or take like a few things here and there. Remember, I mean, again, we'll get into it when we go into unhinged theories, but apparently, Meryl when she's doing her research about other universes that they can be like on top of each other mm-hmm. and like coexist and like different timelines and like the harp and. But she like referenced Bryce made a comment about how the clothes that they were wearing look old, older. So look then like I was the like, Avalon, like the, how they dress in Avalon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, this is interesting, but. Is Avalon the dusk court? Mm-hmm. I could be. Well, we'll get into uh, that. I did just see a TikTok, and I'll try maybe an Unhinged Theories to talk about it, where she tries to line up the three universes, Throne of Glass. Oh, I think I – was it the Doctor? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. I sent that to you. Yes. And so she does try to line it all up to see where the similar events are taking place because we do have those like the equinoxes, the summer solstice. So like those are points, reference points throughout the series. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, man. Can someone explain to me like when he was talking about Velaris or Prithian? Yes. Yeah, so when he was talking about that, he said it existed in near permanent twilight. Well, that was I think that's the dusk court. We still need a lot of explanations, but we think that was like the only part of the description. I was like, this is throwing me, and I was like, maybe it's Valaris, but I was like, there's still daytime in there. No, it's probably the dusk court because that's the one that's missing out of all the solar. Anyhow, I ended this book. I was too stunned to speak, so I did take a video of it, and I might post it. I probably will just to, you know post it, but the literal sound is going to be that TikTok song that goes. She was too stunned to speak because I was sitting there reading it. And, <laughs> and then I she was had, gone. <laughs> I just had no response. I got up from my chair and just walked away because I had to take a lap because the girl had to process, you know, to feel things. I, my favorite text from you during this time was, I am a well. You're like swirls, swirls. Because they described the tattoos and I was like, oh my God. I think when they described the tattoos and then the, the wings that were not quite angel wings they were like bat wings i was like the bat boys i feel i was still like oh she could be in hell like bats the devil has wings i I feel like as soon as she landed i knew that that was asriel yeah and i i got it right away but as soon as he said hello bryce quinlan i'm resand like that was the confirmation confirmation, and i flipped my shit and texted caitlin so are you guys happy that they put that as the ending yeah you're not pissed at all. No. No, because to me, that is a great cliffhanger. I'm not waiting to know. I mean, like, it made me excited to learn more because, like, the possibilities. And we've had all this time for us to talk about unhinged theories and theorize. And, like, that's my favorite part about it. Yeah, because, like, my friends are going to be in book three. I don't know. I was kind of pissed. Not going to lie. I, what were I you mean, pissed about? There was like it was several different things that were leading up to the overall emotion of being pissed. I think I felt blindsided by the entire fandom that Red Crescent City and didn't say anything. It's also because like I swear spoilers. Oh no, people have been saying plenty of things. So, but I guess like I didn't even get like a hint of it. Like I, I guess I swerved it so well I didn't realize that was going to be the ending at all. But you know, like I wasn't looking for it, and so I was pissed about that. I was impressed. And still a little salty. But then I was salty for all the people who read Akatar and has no intentions of reading Crescent City. And now they're bamboozled into having to read Crescent City if they want to read any further books for Akatar. I was just a little salty about that. Sarah's Some people play- just want Akatar and they love Akatar and that's all they need. Sarah's playing chess while we're playing checkers. It's like 3D chess. It's not even Ooh. regular chess. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, I don't know, I just... Tweeted, I was like, mad because I wanted I just wanted more like not mad I was like oh, that is the ending I have to know more not upset like I am with a terrible heart-wrenching cliffhanger like the Twisted Sisters like to do yeah I'm not upset like that yeah. I was just like fuck now I have to read all of this shit now you know why we've been like you have to read this so bad I know once earlier this year when you were like I'm in love with Resand again I'm in love with Resand again I'm like bitch you gotta read this book already 
Now I'm still mad that like I have to read everything Crescent City to be able to understand anything. But then that was another thing. We're all waiting for Akatar books and everybody is just like, when's the next Akatar book? When's there might not be one there because is. the next book is there Crescent is. City. Uh the next one is Crescent City. But Crescent City is supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah, so it'll end. So I think this is my theory, and we're probably getting to unhinged theories, where their involvement in Bryce's world in Crescent City will end in book three. And then mm-hmm. the Akatar will pick up like we had this weird yeah. side quest and now we have to take what we've learned from that side quest and apply it to our world. So like mm-hmm. in theory, I think you could just continue on Akatar if you wanted to, but I'm like, why why are you holding yourself back from all the fun? Oh man, I am just so excited for book three, as I'm sure everyone and the entire world is. Because yeah, I know I'm excited because I want to know why Bryce well, not Bryce. I want to know why Rune and Reese look exactly alike. Uh-huh. Also very comical because you know you see all the fan art of Rune and he doesn't look super whitewashed. And then you find out that he and Reese are supposed to look like twins and Reese has been whitewashed. And I'm like, oh, whoa. I've always pictured Reese as tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. Not everyone yeah, does, I, I guess. Let, let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, guys, we don't want to – it's hard to end it there because you want to keep talking about all the crazy theories, which we will in – Isn't there like a, a prologue or not a prologue? There is. Like a bonus chapter or something with No, no. Ethan. There's an epilogue with um, Ethan, Ethan and the wolf – the wolf mystic And the Fendir. And the yes. Fendir heir. What was it? I feel like I read it and I don't remember uh, He anything. went he broke her out. Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do remember that, but I was like – I don't – I don't – I don't care about Ethan right now. He's feller. Like, I, I, you know what? That felt like such an odd, like, you ended on this crazy high. Then I'm like, I got to e- care about Ethan right now? Like, I care about nothing oh. right now. <laughs> so just to catch everybody up in case, you know, you're solo worried about where everyone is. Rune and Hunt have been captured by the Asteri after Bryce left. So now they are officially slaves to the Asteri. And so that means Hunt is now a yes, slave again. Hunt them. has his tattoo back on his brow. Oh. Right. Therian is alive and owned by the Viper Queen. McCormack is dead. dead. He is sizzling in whatever pan he fried up on. <laughs> <laughs> Flynn and Declan are alive in Crescent City, and he's the one giving Ethan the update about where all their friends are. Ethan is guarding the Fenry air, and Bryce is in fucking Philaris. So that's the gang. That's where they all landed. I have no clue where Hypaxia is, and we have no fucking clue where Elaine is, because she sure shit was not in the house when Bryce showed up. Like, who gives a fuck about That was Elaine another one of my random thoughts. I was like, where the fuck is Elaine? Who cares? She's in the I garden. do, because I think she's villain. You're way too obsessed with that Duh. wallflower, that literal wallflower. It's always the quiet ones you gotta watch out for. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's a whole evil Elaine thing that happens. All right, guys. So we're going to end it there for tonight. And that will conclude our three-part series on Crescent City 2, House of Sky and Breath. We love that we got to cover this book. And then Bridget, we got to go through this whole experience with her where she found this out in real time as we read this book together. Um, so for everyone who's been calling and asking for it, we we finally have it. So as Lizzo said, it's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> To our fans and listeners, I appreciate you guys not spoiling anything in the DMs because I know you've been itching to talk about the ending and now we can. So our DMs are officially spoiler free. 
send in your thoughts and comments and we can talk about how we're going home to Valaris. Yes. So if you guys have a great Unhinged Theory, whether it's on TikTok, you can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod um, or on Instagram, wherever you guys see them, please send them our, our way. We want to collect them. Um, I'm going to collect them all. So you can just say like, this is for Caitlin and then I'll, I'll grab them and I will present them back to this group and we'll be like, yeah, that tracks. You're like, what? That is mind-blowing if that's actually true, which I feel like every single theory I read is, like, mind-blowing. And I'm like, these all can't possibly be true. But, dang, there's some good ones. So if you've got a really great one that you think you would like to share with us for us to review, please, please, please send it our way. We'd love to cover it. And even if it's after the point when we cover it and this episode is already out, please send it to our way again because we are saying there's so many. We may just have to do an Unhinged Theories Part 3. We did an Akatar Unhinged theories solely based on Akatar because Bridget had not read the whole mass verse. Sorry. Just did it on Akatar, which there's still some good ones in there. And now we'll do whole mass verse now that we know, now that Bridget knows. And I, th- I think there's enough material for us to do a part three sometime in the future before book three comes out. So would love to know what you guys are thinking as well. So that's it from us today. You can always find us again on Instagram at booktalkmamey underscore pod. If you guys have liked listening to us, please head over to Apple Podcasts, rate us, and leave us a review. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. And we will catch you next time when we cover Fourth Wing. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right, guys. Good night. Bye.